You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them Kim Trails in the yeah, Hello, everybody. Grand Rising to all of y'all out there. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday, And I want to say we have an amazing Thursday. Thursday for y'all today. Uh, I'm excited because I get to actually talk to Ishmael Butler. Oh, y'all know him as an artist and innovator of Diggable Planets. He is joining me today at the top of the show. We're going to be talking about his musical journey. And of course, they have an upcoming show at Neptune Theater. So I'm excited to be able to dive in with him on all of that. And then later on in the show, I get to sit here in the studio with Katura Bryant. She is uh, known for the Zola Project, and they are doing some phenomenal work, not just in our community, but all around. I can't wait to dive in to all of that great work with her. But of course, you all, it is the top of the show. So it's a perfect time to tag and share the stream. That's right. It's your turn to go ahead and help us spread all the great work here. Tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. And if you can't watch us, don't worry. We got you covered. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network in The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. All of the podcast platforms out there, over 200 uh, podcast platforms. We're on all of them. So check us out there. Shout out to everybody who's helping to make that happen behind the scenes. And we definitely appreciate all of you for tagging and sharing the stream, for sharing the podcast, for spreading the word. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to get right into it because I don't want to waste any time with these fabulous guests today. I'm going to be bringing Ishmael in right now. Hey, what's going on? Great morning to you. What's good, Trey? How you living? I'm living large and in charge. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me here today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm pretty good. You know, it's uh, a little snowy, a little cold up here in Seattle. So we're dealing with it, dealing with a little bit of frozen ice and, uh, you know, I'm hanging though. Everything is cool. I got no complaints. Right on. Right. Well, I'm so excited because you have a show coming up, but I want to go to the beginning of your musical journey. I mean, Diggable Planets hit the scene and it was really a game changer for so many. And your contributions to hip hop are so large and wide. Tell us about the beginning phases of you going into the music industry. Well, my music, my music career really started at home with my uh, parents uh, exposing me to a lot of different kinds of music. And then um, I started playing saxophone when I was in the fifth grade and I went to Meany Middle School. Wadey Irvin was my music teacher and that was really where my musical journey began. And um, I really had a passion for music, which I think my parents identified and then they kind of like helped it along by having me get into some structured situations as far as learning music and, and like that. So uh, that's really how it started. And then I, um, my father's from Philly, so I always had uh, East Coast roots. And back when I was coming up, um, New York was really the mecca for music, for especially rap. So since I had East Coast ties, I moved out there a little after uh, high school, two, a couple years after high school. 
and started to uh, jump into the music scene out there, working as an intern and working in the mail room at, um, at labels and stuff like that and just kind of worked my way up through, through doing demos and uh, passing them out and uh, trying to get a record here. Wow. Well, I mean, that that right there is really uh, the journey of so many, right? It's like how you work your way up uh, from the bottom. But when you have a real uh, drive and passion for it, I know that that's one of those things that pushes you uh, towards it. Tell us a bit about how you got with the trio of Diggable Planets. How did y'all come together once you started climbing the ranks in music? So um, when I was um, wanting to be in the, in the rap game, like this was in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. It was really a group oriented um, 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 sort of atmosphere. Like uh, everybody had a group, you know, you had different MCs in the group that had different styles. Y'all would come together under sort of a, like a, a like-minded approach to the music and then have, um, have y'all group. So I always wanted to be in a group, even though I was making the uh, diggable demos by myself, uh, at the studio. So I used to see knowledge, uh, the, the guy in the group with me all around like Philly, DC, New York, like hopping, hopping around, going to parties in different cities and stuff. And I knew he rapped. So I asked him if he wanted to be in the group with me. And he said, yeah. And then, uh, he was living in, in uh, DC going to Howard at the time, but he was from Philly where I was living. So we used to just see each other and, and hang out, bust it up, talk about music. Uh, rap, you know what I'm saying, and, and just dream. And he knew Met because she lived in D.C. So I met Met through him. And we um we all just got together. We all got along, started hanging out and just dreaming from there and started. And that's how it all happened. Wow. It's so great to hear these origin stories. I'm going to tell you because honestly, there's so many different unique ways that people can really break into the business. I mean, but it's also one of those things that is forever changing. Tell us a bit about how you've been dealing with the changes uh, when it comes to hip hop, because you guys are so solid and really represent such an amazing era and it changes. It grows over time. But I'd love to hear how, you know, you guys are still rocking it out for fans even now. You know, you guys got a show coming up how do you stay engaged in this industry as it changes yeah well in my opinion it all goes back to the passion because it's always going to be waves you know ebb and flow of uh success attention um resource so it's really just been the passion that we have that has allowed us to really try to navigate the changing environment, the changing landscape of being a music artist. And, you know, like when Diggable came out, I'm sure we represented a change, you know, and the music industry was changing a lot then too, because you had a lot of independent uh, record labels that were the only ones really giving rap any attention. And it wasn't until rap sort of used that outlet to get attention, then the majors started scooping up record companies, uh, independent record companies as subsidiaries. So I'm sure to the old guard, that seemed like something like, man, where is this thing going? So as long as you keep breathing, you know, it's like mad nature, things are going to change. But if you have the passion, you're going to be able to adapt because it's going to be necessary for you to adapt because you, you, you need to make this music. You need to express yourself in this way. So it's just a challenge, but all challenges is really opportunities to figure out a new way to um, 
um, work that system, engage with the system, flourish that system and be a part of it because it allows you to do the thing that you got passionate about, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, that is so true for any artist out here, you know, even outside of music. It is so passion driven. And I think about the creative industry, you know, in terms of my own roots um, and and you got roots here in Seattle. Of course, I got to talk about that. It's really interesting because uh, my father said, oh, you know, our, our grandmothers uh, grew up together. So I, I grew up knowing Ish and I'm like, what? My dad was uh, Michael Robinson and his grandma was Johnny. I knew her as Meemaw. But it's so oh. interesting to know that, yeah, it's such a small world, but it's oh, a great thing. Yeah, to, you, you, you know who I'm talking about. Oh, I, lo- I love Miss Johnny and, and, you know, Michael all and his brothers. Like, we that we grew up a block away from each other. So when they got out here, you know, it was just like, you know, we, we got along, played a lot of hoops together. Back then in the CD, the neighborhoods was real vibrant. Kids on every block, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, um, I, I I got fond memories of her, and, and yes, her and my granny was, <laughs> you know what I mean, for real. For <laughs> yeah, real. tight. It, back then, we all had uh, that was you know play cousins, so I know I know that environment. I know exactly. that that feel. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I lo- love that. Um, but you know, when you think about how you were able to kind of bring your Seattle roots, you know, to the East Coast. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the way you guys' sound was different and unique. Tell us a bit about how you brought your roots into your music. Well, you know, your roots is like a, a tree or a leaf, a branch. It seemed like it might be far away from its roots, but in actuality, the roots are the foundation that allowed the leaf to even exist. So... You know, like I said, I, I learned a lot of music from from my, my teacher, Mr. Irvin at Meany, and from my parents and stuff. And they they are the roots and the foundation. So it's just like I had a really solid base of um, life, philosophy, uh, musical learning that I feel like when you raise here in Seattle, I went to Garfield. The people I went to school with... <laughs> You could put them anywhere on the earth and they was going to make the most of it. You know what I mean? Just because the environment that we had was very rich. Um, Our parents, you know, wanted us to, you know, be courageous and brave and believe in ourselves. And that really was how most of the people that I grew up with felt in like in the schools and in the community. That that's the type of thing that was nurtured. So um, I knew my passion was for hip hop and New York was the place. But like. I definitely went out there with the foundation of being from here. And that's what allowed me to be able to handle the situations that came my way and also make something out of them. You know what I mean? So yeah. really Seattle is really the, the essence of, of my um, ability in, uh, to succeed, really, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I really appreciate hearing that because I think you can't really wash it away. So you got to embrace it. You got to embrace those roots and what, you know, really uh, poured into you as particularly as a young person, as you're shaping your ideas of what the world is. And so, you know, you guys got a show coming up. Neptune Theater is going to be on the 30th. I know people are already buzzing in the streets about it. I cannot wait to see y'all on stage. Tell us a bit about bringing it home here to Seattle doing this show coming up let the let the people know what to expect when y'all hit that stage yeah well 
you know, so everybody in the band is from Seattle. You got Thaddeus Turner, his brother Gerald on guitar and bass. We got the overall brothers, Casa and Carlos on sax on drums and saxophone. And then the, the great Darius Wilrich on, 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 on keys. So we've been rocking together for a lot of years now. And um, what we're able to do is take the, take the original music and really like use it as a starting point to um, sort of bloom it out into a live experience that is familiar because you can always recognize what the songs are, but it adds a little modern twist to it. And, and uh, it gives it a big open sound with all the cats playing and stuff like that. So it's real exciting, you know what I'm saying? There's gonna be a lot of hometown guys that did good, you know what I mean? Bringing it back for the holiday season. Cats is excited, we've been rehearsing, throwing some really uh, cool new wrinkles into the set. And um, then, you know, when, when the other digs fly in and grab the mic, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a real jiggy experience. And I also want to thank you know, Seattle too, because we always get a good reception here, but uh, that show, the tickets is, uh, somebody told me it was sold out, so we ready to go, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I know y'all yeah. are going to bring it. I'll be yeah. right there rocking with y'all. Uh, uh -huh. Thank you so much for taking time to be with me this morning on the day with Trey. It means a lot. Love knowing that our families are connected. So yeah. I'll always remember that. <laughs> Israel. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to see you on the 30th and uh, you know, Hey, keep rocking it, man. You are doing Seattle. So proud. We are so grateful that you are from here and that you carry it with you all throughout the world and into your music thank you so much i appreciate it and uh same to you you're doing your thing and uh it's real dope and i uh, wish you uh success keep working at it and uh sky's the limit you know what i mean absolutely thank you i will yeah. take that with me all throughout the day appreciate you <laughs> right on <laughs> all right, all right. Oh my goodness, you guys, what a great way to start this show today. I'm telling you, it may be real cold outside. I think my thermometer said 22 degrees, but I'm already on fire up in here after that amazing interview with Ishmael Butler. Shout out to him and, and all of the crew on Dickable Planets. I'm telling y'all, it's it's unfortunate the tickets are sold out because y'all, if you didn't get your ticket, it's going to be fire on the 30th right there at Neptune Theater. Shout out to STG Presents for bringing these acts right back home here to us so we can rock out and I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm telling you I'm excited. Well, I'm also excited to continue this show today. I got Katura Bryant in the building. We're going to be talking about the Zola Project and the way they are bringing healing to our communities. It's so necessary. Y'all don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. A world of wonder awaits at Pacific Northwest Ballet's The Nutcracker. Treat your loved ones to the Northwest's favorite holiday tradition at Seattle Center's McCall Hall. Tickets start at $27. Visit pnb.org. COVID-19 hurt my income, my health, and my family. We were about to lose our home when we heard we might be eligible for homeowner assistance funds from the government. We called 1-877-894-HOME and a housing counselor stepped in, talked to our lender, and saved our home. Federal funding details at WashingtonHalf.org. That's WashingtonHAF.org. 
Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is Miss Couture Bryant. Hi. Peace and blessings, as we always say in Zola. Yes. And thank you, thank you, thank you for the invitation to sit on the couch. Yeah, absolutely. And I receive the peace and blessings always. Uh, well, I, I want to talk about the beginnings of Zola Project. I, I just was sharing with you, I've heard nothing but great things about what you all are doing. Tell us a bit about what the Zola Project is and how it got started. Okay. Well, the Zola experience is um, a seven session wellness experience. And really how it got started was just years and years and years of working with people as a therapist, um, a family therapist, and a nurse. And so my specialty has been in behavioral health since I got out of college and just really trying to understand how people go through and heal from trauma, heal from loss, uh, recognizing that we all experience loss every day, but we oftentimes don't lend voice to that loss. And the population that I was working with when they stopped drinking or stopped using or, or they you know, they, they got their schizophrenia under some control. People didn't want to hear their story. People didn't want to talk about it. So they oftentimes relapse was oftentimes a real issue for them. So how the Zola experience got started really was out of my own experience of loss. And, you know, when we talk about loss in Zola, we talk about your lost love object and your lost love object can be anything that has created a shift in how you see yourself or experience yourself. And it can be a positive change. For example, having your first baby or getting married or graduating from high school to going to college. But that's a shift in your life. And we have to really kind of figure out how, how am I going to navigate that? We know that especially like young people today, they're talking a lot about their sense of isolation, even though they're going to college, having difficulty in managing that transition. A Zola experience uh, wellness circle would serve them well coming out of high school as well as in college dealing with adjustments. So when I moved from Nashville to Seattle, actually, I was uh, seven years old. I had my world was Nashville. My world was black Nashville. So my dad had gotten his first job out of uh, college. He had just graduated in engineering from the University of Denver. And we moved to Seattle so that he could work at Boeing. Right. <laughs> so it was an adjustment for us. We first moved, thank God, to King Street and we lived in an apartment. That was an adjustment. But then we moved to Burien and I was going to this school and I had what we call my, what I call my Toby experience oh, wow. when I got there and, you know, my mother was, was registering us and the lady says, you know, well, what is your name? And I said, and I say, Katora. And she said, well, that's a hard name to remember. So I'm going to call you Katie. Wow. And so they started writing Katie on all of my transcripts. Right. So it's those kind of, of experiences that we don't lend voice to and recognizing that we, even though it may, we put it, we shelve it, we file it somewhere back deep in our brain and our psyche, but that emotional thing is still so, so very, very real. And so the Zola experience, I first started doing it in, in 2012 mm -hmm. and I was just focusing on 
people who had experienced a loss of a person. And we worked with this funeral home in New Haven for about five years. And then I had my own losses and transitions and things like that. And then in 2020, Spirit woke me up. And I'm sure y'all understand that. (laughs) Spirit woke me up at about five o'clock in the morning and said, it's time for you to do Zola. And this time you have to do it differently. You need to give it to the world. And so I wrote a book. And my goal is to train individuals from all walks of life to be able to facilitate the Zola groups. And so that's what we're doing. And Seattle has really embraced the Zola experience. And um, as you say, we're seeing shifts because we can't come together to make change in our community if we don't trust each other. So we have trust issues just from that enslavement experience. Um, so we have to begin to talk about our shared experiences and find the strength in our community. We, we got to change our language. We are not, we're a community that is resilient. We're a community that is, that is intelligent and smart and creative and all of those things. But we have to continue to speak that language and we have to filter out all of that other things of the things that we are not. We are magnificent. And I'm telling you, once we embrace our magnificence, it's on. Right. <laughs> you know what? I agree uh, a thousand percent. And uh, even uh, for me, this is this is a whole movement here. This says how we move dot dot dot. The back says the covenant. And it's literally uh when you're talking about how we have to move, that's exactly what this community covenant is. We need community covenants again uh, to really raise our consciousness mm-hmm. collectively so that we are changing our language, so that we are together protecting our communities and our elders and our young folks. You know, those who are, um, you know, sometimes furthest away from services they need. We need to figure out ways to really uh, bring back Uh, this level of morality in our Mm -hmm. communities that seems to have been lost. You know, when we think Mm -hmm. about um, the ways that gun violence has been in our communities and, and I have heard from uh, people facilitators who have gone through the Zola experience and said it really forever changed them because now not only are they able to facilitate these groups, but they too understand their own connection uh, to how they can heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's so important uh, that you brought this out. Thank you. I, I, here's the book right here. I got my own signed copy of the Zola experience. But I, I want to say that this is uh, so important when we think about the energy and the positivity of healing circles yes. and the need for us to build that trust, as you said. Mm-hmm. Tell us a bit about, uh, since you guys have you I keep saying you guys and I don't want to do that so since you all um, have done this tell us a bit about how it's really been transformative for you with this kind of new iteration that you brought out Mm -hmm. in 2020 Mm -hmm. well it's transformed me every time I facilitate a circle it transforms me and this is the the response that we get from facilitators because you're also doing your work because you have more than one loss in your life. You have losses every day. Whatever happened to you yesterday is is yesterday. That's your past. You're not going to be able to change it, but you can change how you choose to react to it moving forward. And that's really what we're doing. So for me, 
this is a global movement. Mm-hmm. I know that this, when, when the brother Ishmael talked about your passion, I got it. I understand it because this is my passion. I truly believe this is my divine work and that, it, you know, the creator didn't tell me that it was going to be an easy path. He just said, this is what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is my divine work. This is my passion. I want Zola circles throughout the globe. There is not a human being on this earth that has that is has not experienced loss and trying to process grief. So Zola really helps you to process grief. We, we say it's a tool for change and healing fueled by the power of love. Mm. And when you think about love being the highest vibration that one can exist under, that can move through, right? If how we move has got to be through an energy of love, because love is the thing that is going to keep us going to keep us together, coalesce us so that we can continue to move forward. So that is really the essence of what I've been talking about. And we have been blessed. We have Zola Thailand. We have Zola Philippines. We have Zola South Africa. We have Zola Connecticut, uh, Seattle. We have Zola in Fayetteville. We have, we're, we're moving and we want to invite any and every, but every community. And it, it crosses all socioeconomic racial barriers. We have, you can, des, you can design your Zola circle to focus on anything that is of importance to you. Racial healing, um, uh, your physical health. You can have a Zola for those that are experienced loaded COVID. Mm-hmm. You can have a Zola experience for women or men who have experienced breast cancer, amputations, whatever it is. Um, you just got a new diagnosis. They tell me my child has ADHD. You can have a Zola experience circle cohort to come together and you talk about it and you go through the seven sessions and you end up as family, as community. And it, it touches my heart. We just had a reunion celebration last Saturday at this fabulous wow gallery that you have in Seattle. (laughs) I was in tears when I was listening to people's, you know, testimony as to how this experience has moved them and shifted them and allowed them to get on with their life. Oh my goodness. Well, shout out to my sister, Veronica Berry in Hiawatha D. Yes. My brother, uh, love them over there at WOW. But, but you know, when you talk about moving with love as an amazing foundation, um, you know, in Western culture, we have this warped identity around love, right? And, mm. and I, I really appreciate you saying that because it really is the highest vibration. It's the highest energy you can give to anyone. It's also giving, seeking nothing in return. And I think a lot of people need to remember that or need to learn that and begin to apply that in their lives when they're thinking about how they love people um, and how they utilize the term love. Like, mm-hmm. am I really, is it really that? Am I expecting something from, you know, this person when I do X, Y, Z? I think people have to do that because when you really give seeking nothing in return, you you really reap the benefit mm-hmm. of that energy exchange, mm-hmm. right? And it's so much greater than any materialistic idea mm-hmm. of what love is. And so I, I appreciate you bringing your experience as a therapist to form the foundation for these circles so that people can adapt them as needed, which is so necessary. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you in terms of 
how important it is that this is everywhere, right? Yes. Um, that's exactly how I feel about the covenant. I'm wearing it because this is like, for me, we need this everywhere. We need to elevate our communities with a collective foundation of a set of principles. So I love how you said that, that people uh, participate in the circles and then in the experience, uh, the Zola experience and walk away as family yes. and that you got to really hear some impactful testimonies, um, you know, at this amazing celebration uh, that moved you as such. I mean, when you think about your legacy, uh, Miss Bryant, you know, this right here definitely is divine purpose. Uh, you know, how do you want this to continue on when it when you think about your legacy mm -hmm. and your gift mm -hmm. that you're giving to the world right now? Well, I see it as um, part of my family legacy. Um, it, you know, everybody in the family is involved in the Zola experience as, as trainers, navigators. Um, my grandchildren will greet you with peace and blessings. Uh, they know that me, my loves butterflies. And there's a real story behind the butterfly and me coming to, to understand like what is going to be my logo. And so when I saw the picture of the black and white butterfly in hands, and then when you think about, we need support. The hands are support, but they're open, right? And your fingers represent different areas of your life where you need support, right? So you need the covenant. You need a, a structure in your community, right? You need people. You need healthy food. You need health access. You need all of those things, right? So when you can have your, your hands, your fingers and your hands and your tool chest of survival and to be able to thrive. So then you got to test your wings. And so the butterfly goes, it flits, it flits, but the hands are always there for it to come back, mm. to rest, to rejuvenate, to restore. And so that's really how I think of the legacy of Sola that you know, I, I had a, my children gifted me with a portrait because I said on my, and I will say this, y'all, on my 70th birthday, that, um, I wanted a portrait because my vision is that I want this portrait to be in the Zola Foundation boardroom, mm. right? Just as a, as a visual imagery, in addition to the work that we are going to be doing for the, for forever, forever. We are a 501c3 organization now under the umbrella of Global Alchemy Group. And so we can begin to do, do things and, and utilize some of the, our taxpaying dollars. Mm -hmm. I want people to understand we don't think it's free. We know that it's our taxpaying dollars that support these kind of organizations, as well as generous donations from family and friends and communities so that we can begin to do the work, offer scholarships, offer, be able to have Zola circles in high schools, in colleges, in communities, so that people, we can offer them incentives. Africatown has done it right. Mm. They have done it right. And I am so proud of Waikin and that crew, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, to be able to, 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 to offer that. Um, you know, we've recently received a child grief grant in, in Connecticut. They were going to be working with children and families. Um, and we're going to focus on foster families mm. and foster children because, you know, where is their voice? You know, we're trying to give voice to all of that and which makes our project very, very unique. Yeah. Um, so 
to lend voice. That is my whole thing because knowing as a therapist, my whole job is really to get you to speak your truth. And once you speak your truth, then you can figure out how do you want to heal from whatever your truth is or how do you want to go forward mm -hmm. from whatever your truth is? Um, and so that is really what we're doing. Wow. That's what we're doing. And God willing that we will continue to do so for millennia to come. Well, I can't believe you said uh, 70th birthday. I'm telling y'all, I'm looking directly at Miss Couture and I'm like, come on, honey. That is beautiful. Number one, I have to tell you. But but what you just shared here about the legacy, this being family, this being rooted in family is so key to how you've set the tone and the foundation for the communities you're connecting with, organizations like Africatown. Shout out to everyone there. Uh, they know I'm always an ambassador of the work they do because I know where it's coming from and I understand the vision um, and it's necessary. And, you know, you guys, you've been holding circles here, creating facilitators here. I got to give you time to make sure you look into that camera before I let you go today and tell people how they can connect with the Zola experience. If there's somebody out there that's like, I need to be a facilitator. I need to go through these uh, seven courses myself. I need to understand how I need to heal and maybe I can help others in my family, my community heal. I want you to look right there and let them know how do they connect to the Zola experience? Please connect with us at www.thezolaexperience.org. Um, just go to our website and you will see that there's avenues, one, for you to be able to participate in a Zola Circle. Also, you can contact any of us and we have lists of people that are Zola facilitators in your area. And if there's not, then we hold virtual Zola experience, um, seven session wellness groups. You have to go through the, the initial seven session wellness groups first because you got to work on yourself first. You got to understand that what is, what are some of your stuff that's there so you can begin that process. And then if you think that this is something that you really want to do, then you can become a Zola ambassador. And uh, we will support you and 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 help you to do that. Also on that website, you want to support us. You can um, donate to to the Zola Experience Inc. as the nonprofit, and you can write that off on your taxes um, to be able to help other people. Because there, I am a firm believer that talent comes in all shapes, forms and exposure. So you do not have to be a trained therapist like me. You can be an outreach worker. You can be somebody that is the president of your uh, women's group at your faith-based organization. Um, if you have a desire to support and help other human beings, then please contact us at thezolaexperience.org. Wow. Ms. Brian, thank you so much for being with me today. I am truly honored to be able to sit with you and share a bit of your story. Thank you so much for the book and the bookmarks. I am going to cherish this and make sure I read every page. I just appreciate uh, you living in your divine purpose and really sharing your gift with the rest of us in the world. Uh, thank you. We'll forever be connected. Absolutely. And thank you so much. I'm honored to be at your table. Oh, oh my goodness. 
goodness. What a great show, you all. Um, I'm truly excited. Of course, I want to wrap it all up. I know we're a little over time, but I'm going to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Join us this holiday season at the Fifth Avenue Theater and feel the power of love overflowing with The Wiz. Filled with soaring soul and R&B songs, it's an effervescent explosion of music, dance, and magic your whole family will love. Ease on down the yellow brick road with Dorothy as she learns home isn't really where you live. It's who you love. The Wiz at the Fifth Avenue Theater, November 19th through December 23rd. Tickets at fifthavenue.org. Welcome back, everybody, to the David Trey. What an amazing episode today. I got to, of course, give a huge shout out to my guest today, Ishmael Butler uh, of Diggable Planets, an amazing artist and innovator. And of course, Miss Katora Bryant with the Zola experience. I mean, when I talk about inspiration, tell me that y'all have not just taken a real huge dosage of it on this episode today. I know I definitely have. And no matter what your pathway is, if it's creative, if it's, you know, to heal people, at the end of the day, when you bring it out to the people, that's when we all get to experience it. So of course, you guys know, I'm going to tell you to be inspired to see yourself as a part of the solution as Ishmael has in music and as Miss Katura Bryan has when it comes to healing our communities. Uh, there are so many different things that you can be doing to be a part of something grander and really step in to who you are in your divine purpose. Uh, so y'all know I'm inspired. I want y'all to be inspired too, to see yourself as a part of the solution. And for me, until tomorrow, y'all at 11 a.m., Peace. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.